Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi there, and welcome to New Idea Royals, the only podcast that keeps us up to date with Royal Live. I'm Rebecca Hyde, and joining us today is Royal expert and commentator Angela Mollard. Hello. How are you going? Um, Sir Harry's having a bit of a health kick. What's going on there? <laughs> well, as we know from Megan's uh, former Instagram, The Tig, um, and her blog, she's very health conscious. You know, she's always, she eats really well. She does a lot of exercise, yoga, meditation. Her mum, of course, amazing. is a yoga teacher. She does look amazing. I mean, honestly, the pictures of her doing yoga are quite extraordinary. You can see why why Harry might have been somewhat um, <laughs> interested in her. Anyway, back to the point, which is the fact that Megan has got Harry on a daddy detox. So so we knew that he'd given up alcohol because when they were travelling over here on tour, he wasn't drinking at all. And um, obviously she's not drinking, so he wasn't drinking. But now it's it's lots more fruit and vegetables. Um, they reportedly are vegan during the week and only have a bit of meat at weekends. Oh, wow. No Big caffeine. No, yes, no coffee, no alcohol, um, limited meat, trying to get um, Harry to eat. Um, and remember, this is a guy that liked his burgers and his chips yes. and his nachos. And, and his, his alcohol. Yeah, and is alcohol big time. So he's undergone a huge transformation. But the funniest thing I thought was that she's even made him give up tea. Now, you know, you know, Beck, that the British drink their tea in gallon loads. And I can hardly say, as someone who's a great tea drinker myself, I have about three or four cups a day. Giving up tea would be actually really, really hard. Really hard. And plus, you know, it's what they do. It's what the royals do. They sit down and have cups of tea, don't they? And nice little cucumber sandwiches. So, I mean, I don't know what she's doing, giving him some sort of green juice or kombucha or kefir lime or whatever it is that they um, – oh, no, that kefir stuff. I reckon – look, she would be making smoothies to the cows come home. We will be hearing about how baby Sussex is fed this and, oh, and raised so with true. this and having, so you know, 20-ply organic cotton blankets wrapped around. I mean, this is going to be the ultimate Vogue style baby raising so true. I pregnancy can see it now. slash. I mean, it, you just know that whatever Meghan buys, I mean, we know that in terms of fashion, um, the Duchess of Cambridge and the Duchess of Sussex, they sell out items and that they are absolute fashion leaders. But there is nothing like women when they have babies wanting the newest, the latest, the, yes, the accessories. I and I, Look, honestly, anyone who's making baby blankets or dummies or nice little knitted caps or anything, get them sent straight to Kensington Palace now because, honestly, <laughs> it's your idea. best business plan, I think. Um, you know, I've, our, our fashion designers, I'd be giving up those blazers and getting straight onto onesies myself. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes, she's, um, she's very bossy and she's got him doing all sorts of things to fit in with her health and exercise regime. And he revealed recently he practices meditation every day. I assume this is Megan's influence? I think we have to assume that. Look, I, I, I would imagine that 
before he met Megan, he had he was undergoing a sort of personal exploration. He talked about the fact that he had been hugely affected by his mother's death and really hadn't dealt with it for, for years and he'd gone through, he had seen psychologists and that sort of thing, seen a therapist. I wouldn't be surprised if, if meditation techniques had been raised at that stage. But, yeah, of course, but that you know sense. what it's yeah. like when you meet someone that you love and adore and you take on board everything that they think and say. And I, I suspect that he would have been introduced to meditation prior. But the fact that his beloved is um, an advocate for it would, would I, I'm sure that you know her influence has meant that he's um, much more enthusiastic and, and diligent about it, I'd imagine. She actually meditates twice a day for 20 minutes, apparently always has, which is quite extraordinary when you think some days what they have to fit in. I mean, when they're on the Royal yeah, Tour here, they were going all day. But look, meditation is a great thing. It can. I did it this morning, so oh, I, you know, you. I, I, I think, oh, I, look, I think it's a really smart thing. And the fact is that him speaking about this, so he was at an event and he, he mentioned that he does this. How brilliant that he does talk about it. How brilliant that yes, they've talked about that. mental health love and how, yeah. you know, they really are setting off in a different direction. They're being purposeful. They're relevant. They they are securing their future by talking about things that matter to the general public. And if Prince Harry can say he meditates, you know what? A lot of other buffy blokes might actually give it a go and have an influence on their families and their, um, their sense of perspective and their sense of being present. So every time he says anything like this, for instance, when they sat down at Bondi Beach with the group down there, they, one of the best things they do, the royal family, is uh, raise the profile of many charities and, and organisations that help people with issues as diverse as is, is sort of mental health, domestic violence, uh, animal welfare, all sorts of things. And, and, you know, he's not silly. He knows that by saying it, people will listen to it and people that wouldn't necessarily do it might try it. So yeah, good on him. Amazing. You wouldn't see Princess Anne saying that, would you? Um, and, <laughs> and there's plans for a special exercise facility at their new home in Windsor. Mm, Frogmore Cottage, apparently, they're going to put on a yoga studio studio with a floating floor. I'm so jealous. Oh, Imagine being amazing. able to have your own yoga studio. To but have the room to have that. Amazing. Wow. Well, those floating floors are sort of, they're sort of sprung. And Megan's a, um, a great fan of both hot yoga and Ashtanga yoga. The one thing I was thinking, though, that yeah, I do a bit of yoga, and part of the lovely thing about yoga is that you do it in a group, and you you have an instructor, and you and you have people around you doing it, and it's. And I I actually sort of felt a bit sad for the fact that that's unlikely to happen for her. That she's probably in her little, you know, yoga studio. The baby will be in some little carry thing next to her. I hope, I mean, obviously they can afford to have a teacher in, but part of these sorts of activities are doing them alongside other people. You know, that's what the joy of bushwalking is, that you go with a whole group. And I I wonder sometimes, I hope that, you know, I hope she gets to join a mother's group in Windsor and that she can have the girls over four or five of the close friends and confidants or Amal Clooney or whoever to to do yoga in her yoga studio. The thought of her just sort of wandering in there at 5.30 in the morning by herself with a cup of green tea I don't know. It just doesn't sound very Sounds enlivening. A bit lonely, yeah. It? I, anyway, look, lucky her that she can have it, and and how fantastic. But you know, I'm not sure I'd have my own yoga studio in lieu of a great class down the road where you get to know the instructors and you you know you have a coffee. With, no, sorry, you have a kombucha with someone afterwards. <laughs> I think um you know I, I don't know. It's not all it's cracked up to be. I don't think. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Um, and then with Megan's pregnancy, there's been a lot of speculation about the size of a bump. What do you think, Ange? Multiple birth? Look, <laughs> I think. 
there's the possibility. She definitely does seem, she certainly seems quite big. And, you know, I've I've done lots of counting on my fingers for how many weeks I think she is. Because when she was over here, um, she let slip to Missy Higgins at an event that she um, was 16 weeks, which would make her due as in April. Look, I have a theory with the royals that they tell you later dates than they think. The fact is, if you say you're due at the beginning of April, for instance, then you have everyone outside um, the Lindo wing of the hospital from, you know, the 25th of March. If you say it's going to be later and then it comes early, and interestingly, she did make a comment about the fact that babies can come early. She says she's due at the end of April, but I think there's a good chance that we will see this baby born Early April, and I think um, I think the reason being is for exactly what I said. I think that they don't alert the, the 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 newspapers and the paparazzi and that because they actually want a bit more time to get used to things themselves, and and for the possibility that it might just actually happen before people are on high alert. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I think she's further along than she's yeah, saying she I'm is. Agreeing. I really do think she is. Maybe even whether March. whether or not she's actually got uh, whether there's a multiple birth or not. I mean, certainly um, gynecologists are looking at her bump and saying, you know, yes, it is. It is pretty big, and they talk about how you measure a baby bump. Possibly she is having a multiple pregnancy. I would have thought that they would have announced that before now. I can't remember. Do you remember if Princess Mary announced that they were having twins before they actually had the baby? Yeah, I think she did. I think so too. Yeah, I think she did, yeah. I mean, it'd be very hard to maintain a conversation saying our baby if you knew you were having two. So when everyone asks you questions, and we know she was recently asked questions about when it was due, how she was feeling, names, that sort of thing, it would be really hard to maintain a singular um, approach to it if you knew, for instance, that you were having twins or triplets. So my guess is actually I just think that she's going to give birth a lot you know, a few weeks earlier than than perhaps she says, but who knows? We all women are different shapes and sizes. That's I think right. Because she's yeah. such a slender woman, the fact she's got quite a large bump is making people um, speculate. And but you know, she's everybody's different. You can have much larger women with with tiny bumps. So you know, it's 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 hard to say. Let's just hope it's born safely. That's right. Um, and there's some rules around royal babies with one to do with gender. What can you tell us about that? Well, generally, they don't find out the, the gender of the baby. That's very typical in the royals. It's not something that they generally do. They, they particularly with first babies, they don't find out. So when they say that they don't know the gender, that's highly likely that they don't. It's not oh, something okay. that they that they find out. I think what's really interesting, though, bearing in mind someone like uh, the, the Duchess of Cambridge, so each time she's gone in for scans, and, and you know, it's not like the rest of us that have, you know, a, a scan at, at 12 weeks and then another one at 20. They can have as many as they like. Obviously, they can probably get a scanning machine brought into the palace if they wanted. But what I think is really interesting is that they don't know that they profess to not knowing what their what the gender of their child is. But can you imagine when Prince George, for instance, was born, three obstetricians, because there's three of them, would have known what the gender of that child was well before the public, even possibly before the parents. So when things like the law of primogenitor in terms of who succeeds to the throne, and we know that that was changed before Prince George was born, so that if they had have had a girl, uh, she would have um, inherited the title and the throne. I think it has. It's it's an interesting situation where you could have three gynaecologists know exactly who's going to be the next heir to the throne, and the couple themselves, and certainly their extended family, don't. So, it's it's. 
I actually really like it. I like the fact that that you know there's some things about the royal family that are very very traditional and 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 sort of antediluvian, but I do think that the the notion of of not quite knowing is actually really lovely. Yeah. What definitely. I will think it will be interesting is when the royal family start to talk about things like IVF, cesarean births, that sort of thing. Look, Pippa Middleton was in hospital for a long time after the birth of her baby, which makes me suspect that the potentially was a cesarean birth as opposed to a natural birth. They don't talk about these things. I'd like to see them having conversations about this. And I think what will be interesting is if Megan has, say, a cesarean or there's any need for IVF or anything in the future, I think they will be the first generation that does start talking about oh, it. I and hope I, so. I really yeah, hope I think so. Yeah, I think it's – look, I think that's a potential interesting move. I also think the way that Megan chooses to raise their child will be interesting as well. I don't think – I think there could be clashes. I think there could be clashes between the formality of the palace – and her more new age Californian ways of, of wanting yes, to do I things. Can see that. Um, but it's a good thing. You know, it's good to, to blend and to modernize and to, and to challenge the way things are done. So watch the space, I think. And who gets told of the birth first? The Queen does. So. William, when his children were born, first person he calls is the Queen, which I think's can you imagine she's you know sitting at home having her afternoon tea and you know I mean every time playing of the corgis. Yeah. She she's the first one. So um yeah, so they always have to tell the Queen first, which I think you know, obviously it's a family where yeah. um where descendants matter. You know, the rest of us, no one really, you know, oh, that's lovely. But you sort of generally tell your closest. But telling granny first is the, is the way that it's done and um, and they don't veer off that. So Yeah, that's a lovely tradition. Happens. And what's the significance of the baby blankets the royals wrap their babies in? What's interesting about the, the blankets that the royal family use is that they've been using them for more than 100 years. Not the same blanket, obviously. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> they get new ones, but they're made by a company called uh, G. H. Hurt and Son, like everything that's it sounds like it's about four hundred years old, doesn't it? Really it really does, yeah. Um they're very um they they supply blankets to the royal family and they supply also those lovely little knitted caps and things. Um Prince Louis was the most recent child to be wrapped in a blanket produced by G. H. Hurt and Son. And the company obviously boasts about it on their website. Um so we are likely to see uh, baby Sussex wrapped in something like the Nottingham lace knitted baby shawl or something such like. Um, so it's not just popping down to Kmart for um, <laughs> a little bit of cotton something. No, these are beautiful merino wool lacy knit baby shawls that have been made for generations and are very traditional. So that's what they use. Sound lovely. And so Megan's baby's going to make royal history, Ange. How's that? It is. It's, it, this baby's going to make royal history because it's the first royal baby to the House of Windsor that will be, da-da, an American. Oh. And the reason why that it, why it'll be an American is that the um, it's it, it'll be Anglo-American, is that Megan actually hasn't got her British citizenship yet and it's not likely to be approved before she gives birth in spring. She, as we know, was born in L.A. and she started her application shortly before she married Prince Harry. But because, of course, um, she, was, she will still be American, her child will have um, U.S. citizenship and may acquire American citizenship at birth. Very interesting. First time ever. Oh, wow. I think the child's very lucky. I mean, if you get sick of those stuffy palaces, you can rock up in Santa Monica and have the time of your life, can't you? <laughs> Got a couple of options. Mm. Um, and Megan has a secret Instagram page. Is that right? <gasps> I know. 
I always <laughs> suspected she is. How can you go from 1.9 million followers on your own Instagram and re- and she had the blog, the TIG, to nothing? I yeah, mean, honestly, she was addicted to that thing, as plenty of us are. <laughs> and I've always wondered, and actually Kylie Gillies on the morning show and I were talking about this months and months ago, that how would you just go cold turkey? You couldn't go cold it's turkey. So true. I hadn't thought about it. But no. Yeah, no so so it turns out she's had this faux account for a long time and ostensibly to, to follow her friends. But obviously, when you follow Instagram, there's a lot of conversation about you as well, particularly when it's your friends and people know that you know. Yeah. And there's, anyway, a lot of negative comments and things. And apparently, according to the source, she gave up her insert. She shut down this faux Instagram because she felt that it was having an impact on her mental health, That you know, reading yeah. about what people said about her. I would be absolutely certain she started another one. I mean, you, you can't spend all that time building a profile as she did as an actress when she was on Suits and and then building a blog and connecting with your public and showing travel photos and what wine you like and, and you know, inscribing bananas with funny little messages and captions and then go completely yeah, to it's nothing. Not it's not she's possible. Such a so social person. I'm sure yeah. she spends quite a bit of time on it. But you know, obviously we never release, see we never maybe. see them with a phone, do they? But um I'm sure she's up first thing in the morning as well as her yoga and meditation and her kombucha. I'm sure she's having a quick <laughs> flick through the old uh, Insta pics. Um, and we hear one of Megan's friends caught up with her recently. How do we know that? I love this. This is a picture by Daniel Martin, her makeup and uh, a makeup artist and hairstylist. He was the one that did her makeup and hair for her wedding, and they've been longtime friends. And he put up a, a picture of some avocado toast and said and mentioned Megan, mentioned the Tig, uh, and said it's just like the old days on the Tig. You're still the avocado toast whisperer, <laughs> and a picture of the avocado toast, but interestingly, a little picture with some chocolates alongside. So while she may be making Harry, you know, go the fruits and vegetables and quinoa. She's noshing on the odd occasion of chocolate, apparently. <laughs> interesting, though. Interesting that he chose to do that. I think a lot of people associated with the royals uh, wouldn't post. They'd be very careful and cautious about it or may even be instructed not to. I love the fact that a kind of renegade hairdresser come makeup artist is just going to put on what he thinks. And that would be me. If I was in there, I'd be you know, spruiking it before I'd even got out the gates of, <laughs> of KP. Um, but yeah, quite. I like the fact that, you know, we don't get to see much about how they live. And, you know, you think it's going to be the Queen's China. It was actually this really cool kind of earthy pottery type um, pot and cups, which, you know, we know this kind of organic stoneware is very, very um, on trend. So it's it, there's not the sort of you know, Royal Dalton for Meghan. She's got her own style in the in the palace. And I was kind of heartened to see that, actually. Go and have a check out of the pick. His name is Daniel Martin. Thanks so much for joining us today, and What a week the Royals have had. And thanks, everyone, for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au, our Facebook page, New Idea Royals, and, of course, check out our amazing latest Royal Mini Mag in the current issue of New Idea. 